the old renaissance is the new renaissance standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction this is the harlem brewing company uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste a sound and a feeling that can only be described in one way harlem style so come and take a trip on the a train with our harlem sugar hill golden ale and our harlem renaissance with beer the neighborhood original Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. For more information, log on to their website at harlembeernc.com. Hello, my name is Precious Rose Dunlap, and this is my mother, Michelle Timberlake Roll, founder of Marjorie's Beef Jerky Incorporated. We would at this time like to thank our new customers as well as our repeating customers for your business. For every one million orders that we receive, our company is giving $2 million away to the bottom amongst 400 of our paid customers. You see... That's the way we roll. So come place an order at www.marjoriesbeefjerky.com. That's www.marjoriesbeefjerky.com. Marjorie's Beef Jerky is the best tasting beef jerky on this planet. Marjorie's Beef Jerky.com. Yeah, that's right. Because that's the way we roll. Wish death upon me Blood in my eye, dog, and I can't see I'm trying to be what I'm destined to be It's the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Thursday, August 12th. I'm Donald Ware, and hope you enjoyed the podcast on yesterday as we continue with our HBCU Football Daily Podcasts Monday through Friday. And I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to remind you about this again, the Box to Row Countdown to Kickoff. If you're in North Carolina, more specifically the Raleigh-Durham area, the Triangle area at large, if you're in Greensboro or anywhere in the state, we're going to have the fifth HP, uh, the uh, fifth Box to Row Countdown to Kickoff. It's going to take place on Saturday, August the 21st. It's going to be at Zwelly's Kitchen in Durham. We're going to get things started At 1 o'clock, we've confirmed in person North Carolina Central head football coach Trey Oliver, Shaw head football coach Adrian Jones, and North Carolina A&T head football coach Sam Washington, all going to be in attendance. Should be uh, a lot of fun, and that's who's confirmed. We've reached out to the other seven schools uh, in the state of North Carolina waiting to hear back. Uh, from them uh, as was a matter of fact we have confirmation appearing on the show Fayetteville State head football coach Richard Hayes is going to be on the program St. Augustine's head football coach David Bowser is going to be uh, on the program and actually Johnson C. Smith head football coach Kermit Blunt going to be on the program as well again Saturday August the 21st 1 p.m. at Zwelly's Kitchen in Durham come on out rep your HBCU, uh, whether and and really even if one of the, you know, we've invited all of the schools in the state of North Carolina that play uh, HBCU football. So even if your school isn't in the state, come on out. It's going to be a lot of fun. We have some giveaways. We have a lot of fun. We did this two years ago. Uh, COVID sort of derailed it on last year, but we're back uh, with it once again. So as mentioned, I'm going to talk Uh, about sort of the predicted order of finishes as it relates to the various conferences. 
I'm going to start with the MIAC. If you've listened to the program from the Press Box to Press Row, which airs each weekend on a radio station near you, again, you can log on to our website at boxtorow.com. Also, you can listen Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central Time, and 4 p.m. West Coast Time on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. So a lot of loss with respect to the MEAC. I talked about, okay, what teams can you add? You have six football-playing institutions, a total of eight schools. What other schools can be added? Perhaps a Bowie State, uh, perhaps a Virginia State, uh, even thinking outside of the box maybe, or maybe not thinking outside of the box, but maybe a school not on a lot of people's radars. West Virginia State, who, by the way, was picked to finish fifth in the Mountain East Conference, had a yeah, so-so season in the spring, but had a really good, took a step, I think, in the positive, in a positive direction. And they got a freshman quarterback that's really, really good. So watch out for West Virginia State. I know they're picked to finish fifth, but I think a lot of that was based upon what happened in the spring, and probably rightfully so. But if you look at their 2019 season, the Yellow Jackets had a really good season. Back to the MEAC. So South Carolina State was picked to finish first. And, I mean, there's no surprise uh, to me there. I mean, you're going to have a tight defense. We talked about, you know, B.J. Davis, the linebacker, Kobe Durant, who was absolutely phenomenal. He's on the FCS watch list as as one of the uh, top uh, defensive players in all of FCS football. So we know the defense is going to be there. I feel like the offense is going to be solid. A 4-1 spring season only loss uh, was to Alabama A&M but also defeated Alabama State. So South Carolina State has to return the favor to Alabama State. Uh, it may be this, maybe this fall. Uh, I don't have the schedule right in front of me, but uh, sometime in the next couple of years uh, or so. I think it's the right choice uh, for South Carolina State at number one. Um, and then it's followed by Norfolk State. And again, I think this is the right choice. I like Jawan Carter at quarterback, had almost in back. And again, they didn't play, you know, the Spartans didn't play last year. I think that plays into this a little bit. It may take a little bit of time to kind of get their footing, uh, for the Spartans to get their footing a little bit. But they've got some serious players coming back, again, led by Jawan Carter. Has uh, um, been one of the better players, really, in all uh, of of the MEAC, one of the better quarterbacks. In all of the uh, MEAC, he comes back, you know, had a year off. I mean, had almost close to 3,000 yards of total offense when you're going back to the 2019 season. He passed uh, for 23 touchdowns. I mean, I like this kid. I think their defense is going to be good. I think the key for Norfolk State this year is the fact that Dawson Odoms is now the head football coach. He comes in uh, from from uh, Southern, where he had a lot of successes. Southern won a SWAC championship, won a couple of, of Western uh, Division championships, played in uh, quite a few uh, SWAC championship games, and in the 10 seasons, I believe it was 7-3, and three, may have been 8-2, and two, something like that, 7-3, and 8-2 in that Bayou Classic against Grambling. So he had a lot of success. He's a defensive-minded coach. You already have a premier quarterback coming in. Um, you you got a run. You got a running game. I think that's going to be really really good um, this year as well. An offensive line uh, that's going to be solid as well this year. I like Norfolk State 
Um, and I like I really like Norfolk State to have a really really uh, good season. I like Norfolk State uh, to challenge for to challenge South Carolina State uh, for that conference championship. Um, it, I'm I'm telling you guys, watch out for Norfolk State. Okay, it's going to be a really really good football team uh, in 2021. Um, as a matter of fact. I think the the game that you're going to circle on the calendar, right? South Carolina State and Norfolk State are going to get together. And uh, once they do, it's the last game of the season. And the game is going to be in Norfolk. And I think that's going to be the game that's going to decide ultimately the MEAC uh, championship. That game, I think, is ultimately going to decide the MEAC championship. Uh, if you look at who's third on the list, North Carolina Central, I mean, I think that's right where uh, the Eagles will be. I think it's going to be a, a season uh, for Trey Oliver, his second, right? He's had a year. He's had a whole year off, and I know the players are going to have to be ready to rock and roll, but Trey Oliver is a mastermind of a defensive coach, right? He and Speaking of, of, uh, of, of course, Dawson Odoms, Oliver was on Odom's staff at Southern, right? So that North Carolina Central Norfolk State matchup promises uh, to be a really good one when those two teams lock up as well. Delaware State played, I think, I think it was four games, maybe five, that Delaware State played during the spring. I think that's a step in the right direction. Um, that's going to give them an advantage. I think in the MEAC, Delaware State has really struggled. But I, I saw some things uh, from Delaware State. Uh, and Rod Milstad is going to get the job done. He's, he's He just needs a little bit of time, and um, hopefully they're able to recruit it. It seemed to, you know, you know Delaware is not the, the, the best for high school football, but, I mean, if you can keep some of the better players in the state recruiting that, new, you know, you got that New Jersey area, that Philadelphia area, New York, you know, Baltimore, D.C., stay within that range in the Northeast. I mean, I think Delaware State – uh, can get some things done. Not sure where they'll fit. I mean, I think fourth is probably about right, but I think it's going to be an improved team uh, from not only 2019, but also what we saw in the spring as well. Morgan State with um, with uh, Coach Wheatley there. Um, I think that I think it's going to be an improved team. Remember, you go back to 2019, uh, right? Uh, Morgan State beats North Carolina A and T. Uh, so I think this is going to be an improved team also. And then Howard, I'm not really sure what to make of Howard. It was an interesting spring, one in which Howard played like two games. They had this whole COVID thing where uh, D.C. had a, a COVID restriction where, you know, Howard couldn't leave the state or uh, certain states couldn't, uh, certain programs couldn't come to Howard. So it, it, it was, you know, it was an interesting season for Howard, this is a team you go back to 2019 that had some promise. Mad exodus, the the coaching situation uh, just wasn't where it needed to be, and ultimately, um, you just you had you know a bit of chaos. But I think you, you know we'll see if Howard. I mean, we'll really see if Howard is able to uh, is able to rebound. I, I, I think it's going to be a tough season. Uh, for Howard, but we'll ultimately see what happens with the Bison. So those are, you know, sort of the picks, and I agree with them. I agree with the predicted order finish 
as it relates to the MEAC. Let's jump over to the SWAC. And um, as a matter of fact, really, really, we're going to break this up. We'll do MEAC today, MEAC and SWAC today. We'll do CIAA, SIAC uh, on tomorrow. When I look at the SWAC, it's a lot different, right? You have Florida A&M, Bethune-Cookman coming into the conference. Both of those teams are going to be in the east, and Alcorn State moves out west. So I think that in of itself uh, is, you know, obviously that's different. I think when you look at the east, um, Alabama A&M, I mean, I think when you look at the conference as a whole, you got to look at Alabama A&M as being uh, the team uh, to win it. Uh, you, you know, a, a Quill Glass is really, really, he's really, you know, he he, he is excellent, right? He's, um, uh, he's a top 25 quarterback in the country. I think he got off maybe to a bit of a slow start, sort of a bit of a slow start there. Uh, in the spring season, but you know he's going to come back. He back. He's got Ibram. He's got a wide receiver uh, core that is unbelievable. A really good offensive line. I think Alabama A and M needs to shore up its defense um, a little bit. But when you look at that team from an offensive perspective, it's a juggernaut. It can just outscore teams. And I think I mean that's what the SWAC sort of is about. Anyway, it's more about wide open offenses and offenses that can score. Now. I think Florida A&M, Bethune-Cookman bring a, a bit of a different tone to the conference, more defense. Alcorn State's a really good defense as well, and, and it's expected to have a good defense um, again this year. But Alabama A&M, number one. Florida A&M, number two, I think is the right move. When you talk about from a talent perspective, I mean, Florida A&M has the, the, the K-State transfer uh, coming in. Uh, you know, you've got Smith at wide receiver. I mean, their team is pretty much back. They had a really good recruiting class um, in 2020. I think we had them ranked as the number one. If it was 20, I believe they had the number one recruiting class. And this is going to be a really, really good football team, uh, Florida A&M, just talent alone. But, again, how much of a start do they get out to? Jackson State, that's a big game, too. I, I believe it's the game to open the season in, down in Miami. And that's going to be a big-time football game. I expecting that, I mean, I'm expecting that game to be sold out. It's going to be a bit traditional rivals, right, going back to their days, you know, back in the day in the same conference. That's going to be a big-time football game. You know, I think Florida A&M at number two is right. Jackson State at number three, um, probably right. You know, a lot of talent coming in. Uh, Shador Sanders going to take over at quarterback. A lot of lot of promise for this young man, right, four-star recruit coming in, did a lot in high school, hasn't played a college college down. Right. He didn't play in the spring. He got to, you know, take some reps in practice and and those type of things and really observe. But it's different when you're playing college football. Right. So we'll see. I mean, he's got all the talent in the world. We'll see ultimately how that plays out. Um, That's probably right. I mean, you have Alabama State four. I mean, that's probably right. But during the regular season, Alabama State beat Jackson State during the, the spring season. Spring's going to be different from fall. Uh, I thought Jackson State really had a lot of their older players, right, their established players coming in. I think we're going to see a lot, a, a different team, not a different team, but a lot newer players starting at the quarterback position. Uh, but, but again, if you're Jackson State, you got Keontae Hampton. You got Aubrey Miller Jr. as your linebackers on defense. You got uh, Warren 
uh, in, in that backfield. I mean, that's a really good backfield there, a uh, really good defense as well. So probably the right thing. I mean, Alabama State's going to be led by Ezra, uh, Ezra uh, Gray, uh, the running back. Going to be really, really good. Bethune-Cookman at number five. Um, yeah, okay. But, you know, I think that's a little bit low. You know, would I put them above Alabama State and Jackson State? Not sure, right? But, you know, when Bethune-Cookman was in the MEAC and right, the MEAC, when it had A&T, Florida, A&M, Bethune-Cookman better than the SWAT, in my opinion, right? So you bring Bethune-Cookman now. It's going to be some changes there, obviously. Some guys are not coming back uh, for Bethune-Cookman that played uh, in 2019. I mean, Terry Sims is going to have his guys ready to rock and roll. Uh, they're picked to finish five. Okay. I mean, I, I, I'm, I, you know, I don't know if I can really argue with that much. And Mississippi Valley State has got some work to do. Um, the, the Delta Devils have some work to do. I, I thought we'd see a little bit more from them in the spring, uh, not as much as we would have liked uh, to see. You know, they're still trying to build up the recruiting and and and, and things like that at, at, at Valley. Uh, but, you know, we'll see ultimately how it plays out for uh, Mississippi Valley State. In the SWAC, Alcorn State picked to finish number one. I think I think if Dawson Odoms was at Southern, we may have seen we may have seen this reversed. Maybe the difference in points between Alcorn State and Southern 20 points. And it's hard to argue. I mean, you got Felix Harper coming back, right? I mean, he, Felix Harper, the quarterback, was phenomenal. Always had a good defense. Um, you know that Fred McNair, the coach, is going to, I mean, you know, it's going to do great things offensively, but his defense has been really, really sound. So he's great on both sides of the ball. So from a talent perspective, no surprise there. Southern, what's the quarterback situation look like, right? It's, you know, Kadarius Skelton, he did, you know, it, it was a bit of a quarterback uh, battle. They, they used two quarterbacks more towards the latter part of the season for Southern. Different coach, maybe a different philosophy. We'll ultimately see how things play out. Grambling was picked to finish third. And I think this is a, a bit of a surprise to me. Uh, I, I'm not, I don't count Broderick Fobbs out for anything. I know he's going to bounce back. A lot of adversity. Didn't win a game in the spring. Lost a lot of uh, a lot of coaches. It was like a coaching carousel. Just a lot going on. So I don't count uh, Gr- Broderick Fobbs out. But I am surprised because Prairie View A and M is four. I would have picked Prairie View over Grambling, and I also would have picked Arkansas Palm Bluff. Like I think Arkansas Palm Bluff is getting majorly disrespected. You look at them playing in the SWAC championship game on last year, going toe-to-toe with clearly the best team uh, in the spring in all of HBCU football, right? Quarterback comes back. It's really, you know, as Perry comes back, it's really good. Got some, I mean, got really good receivers. Offensive line is good. That defense is going to be good. That's a major disrespect. Like, that's major disrespect to Arkansas Pine Bluff to have Pine Bluff picked uh, at number five. Major, major, major disrespect. But for Doc Gamble and his crew, I'm going to tell you what, that's got to be motivation for them to uh, go out and prove that what happened in the spring, because in essence, the what the poll, what these rankings are saying is it's saying that there, even though we had nine of the 10 teams, Arkansas Palm Bluff got lucky. That is what this is saying, because if a team plays right and beat, beat, um, beat Southern, 
right? And it's a new coaching situation. Beat Grambling, right? Beat Prairie View A&M right in the spring. So you're telling me they beat them in the spring? And I could see if, if Arkansas Pine Bluff was second. I probably would have not. I probably would have still gone with Arkansas Pine Bluff just because they played uh, over Alcorn State. But if but talent, okay, I get it. They got a lot of talent come back, but Pine Bluff does too. But to be number five after beating three teams ahead of you, major disrespect. And I think Arkansas Pine Bluff and the Golden Lions, Doc Gamble and his crew going to be ready to rock and roll and show that Arkansas Pine Bluff should be ranked a lot higher. So those are my thoughts. For the HBCU Football Daily Podcast today. Hit me up. Give me your thoughts via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. On tomorrow, going to talk C-I-A-A, going to talk S-I-A-C as well. Don't forget to log on to our website, BoxToRow.com, for conversations that we've had uh, for the All-America preseason team, for the coaches poll, and later on today, the media poll will be posted to our website, boxtorow.com. Talk with you tomorrow. I just looked at my wrist, I got time today. Fuck it, I'm crossing the line today. The hate be so real, the love be fake. Be bumping they gums and bumping my tape. Don't go.